0: You're listening to Inspire Change, a broadcast that strives to educate, motivate, and empower men to challenge traditions of masculinity. To guide us through the intricacies and intersections of emotions, relationships, and male identity is renowned psychologist, author, and speaker, Gunter Swoboda. This is Inspire Change.
1: I want to introduce a tradition here for this podcast and all future podcasts. We're in... I'd like to respectfully acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. They are the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. I pay my respects to the elders, past and present. Knowing the stories of the Aboriginal people will always be written in this landscape. Hi to everybody out there. Hope all is well in your corner of the world. Hope you've been able to... Inspire some change in people. Now, this particular podcast is going to carry on from the last one, which is all about a dude called Andrew Tate, um, who expresses some pretty extremist views in the field of gender. But also just in in general about what masculinity is supposed to be uh, like, according to the wisdom of Tate. Um, wisdom and inverted commas for those of you who are a little bit challenged in picking up my sarcasm, which can be slightly subtle. So here's the problem. Uh, It is Andrew Tate in some respects, but he's only one of many in this space. I talked a little bit about him specifically in the last podcast. Now, ironically, since then, I've had a number of discussions with teachers and parents Uh, about what to do with this sort of stuff, especially parents who've been uh, experiencing their teenage boy, generally speaking around 15, 16, coming out uh, with the sorts of things that Andrew Tate says, or at least that they purport that he says. Now, the challenge with Andrew Tate is that In some interviews, the man sounds uh, almost rational and, you know, you sort of sit back and go, well, you know, what he's saying just there is actually not bad. The problem is that we need to take this man into and bring him into a broader context to understand what he's about. But what I want to do in this particular... Episode is, is I want to address the issue that, given the fact that these guys keep popping up, a bit like mushrooms in a way, but unfortunately not a psychedelic, um, we need to find a way of helping our teenagers to understand what the problem here is. You know, because they get seduced. In fact, you know, people like Andrew Tate and the like, and to some degree, including Jordan Peterson, tends to almost go through a grooming process um, where where they present their ideas, their beliefs, their opinions in a very palatable way and in, in a very... Uh, engaging way that resonates with particular demographic, which happens to be uh, teenage boys and young men, and older men as well. And, you know, coming back to Jordan Peterson, I'm not saying that everything this man says is wrong, but When I listen to his sort of philosophy on life and the universe and how he purports, you know, for us as human beings to grow, I've got some serious problems about how he approaches this. You know, the idea that, you know, there is no issue with uh, gender pay gap, you know, feminism essentially is bad. He never says that in those words, but the connotations there, um, you know, we, we have statements like red pill, blue pill, you know, which has come out of the men's rights movement. So there's, there's a whole context for us as teachers, parents, therapists, psychologists to be really, really concerned about what material our teenagers and young men in particular are being exposed to and how that shapes their beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors towards women towards the gay community, to anybody who's different to them. Because in many cases, it doesn't stop with gender. It then goes into religion and race, ethnicity, um, sexuality. And, And, you know, if we're going to create a world where we can live together much better, then we need to find a way of inoculating our young people from being infected, in a sense, with this virus, this extremist view, this this way of seeing the world as an us versus them. You know, so there's the alpha male and everyone else is shit. So I'm being very blunt here because we need to be, in a sense, blunt in negating this message, you know, and that also goes for politicians when we have discussions and commentary about what some of our politicians are doing. You know, we can't just beat around the bush in a way. We need to actually get straight down the line and and target exactly what the problem is with what some of these people are saying and the consequences of what might happen if we take their word for it. You know, in economics I often talk about, you know, how you know, neoliberalist economics was sold to the population as being a good thing, and that was that if we give the wealthy, you know, tax breaks, that money is going to trickle down into the rest of the economy. Well, that, there's no evidence that supports that. So here, here's some suggestions um, that I have uh, made to parents and teachers and you know some psychologists that I work with about how we need to tackle this with boys because I get tested a lot to see where I stand by the boys that I work with and a lot of it has to do and you know as a therapist or as a psychologist I can't say well that's not what we're here to do we're not I'm here to treat their anxiety or their depression and so on and I think that is a much too narrow view of my role as a psychologist I'm a role model in many respects I you know, I, my bigger aim in a young person's life is to help them become healthy and maintain a healthy lifestyle. You know, when we have people like Andrew Tate, who's involved, who was involved in kickboxing and, you know, sort of very, in, in, a, in a sense, in a blood sport, I'm not sure that's healthy. And then on top of that, we have his attitudes about women, about homosexuals, and so on, also not healthy. So I think it behoves us morally and ethically to be able to have meaningful conversations with the people that we work with, but also our children and our partners, and about how they're going to deal with this. So, since the last podcast, um, someone actually sent me a uh, an article that was in ABC News, um, an Australian broadcasting service, uh, which. Basically, the headline says Adelaide schools Send Home Information on How to Discuss Andrew Tate with Children. And I read through it and, 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 you know, in a sense, my first reaction was, you know, one of excitement and also, secondly, of relief that I can see that there's stuff being done that is directly uh, dealing with this particular problem. Because a large part of our kids' education, young men's education appears to come from the internet rather than from the family and schools. And that includes stuff about attitudes, beliefs, opinions and values. So um, the particular school that they cite these a place called Unley High School and they emailed an information sheet to carers last Friday. And another school also sent out similar information and It basically, you know, takes the approach that as a school, we don't endorse the views of Andrew Tate and we do not want to perpetuate these through the school. Seriously important point. Um, You know, in in communication, there's a convention that says if you uh, are silent when someone says something, then you're essentially in agreement with them. And so we need to directly address this. And one of the first things that they suggest in how to tackle this, and especially from, from teachers, is that, you don't know, don't shush the discussion, but ask questions from a perspective of curiosity and non-judgment. And I'm going to go into a bit more detail about that. So, um, so they've also sent letter out, letters out to the parents uh, to let parents know that they need to have a chat with who this bloke is and what he's about and, and you know, have a conversation with a teenager, with their child about the problems, about what, you know, what's coming out of this person's mouth. And with it came a very interesting Instagram um, flyer uh, addressed t- to teachers about what... Not to do and what to do in a situation where they're exposed to a student who's mouthing and put you know perpetuating Andrew Tate's belief system basically. And I thought it was really, really good, and I'd like to actually see a lot more of this. So when I talk with parents and teachers, one of the things that I get them to do is not necessarily to just focus on the content. Of what's being said, but much more importantly, as the article in the newspaper says, is that we we first of all take an approach of curiosity. Now, I'm not sure if I can be completely non-judgmental about this. In fact, I think, as I'm talking about it, that inherently I am in in addressing this. I am making a judgment, and I don't think it's a bad one, and that is that this stuff is not acceptable. Now what I often teach um, both to therapists but also to parents is a process called a Socratic dialogue. And the you know the question that I always get is, well, not so much who Socrates is, because most people know Socrates is Socrates from a very, very funny movie. I'll leave you to look that up. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor, tune in. It's it's hilarious. Um, Keanu Reeves is in, is in it and is brilliant um, many, many years ago. So, Socratic dialogue is fundamentally a method of assisting people to determine how accurate and helpful certain thoughts may be. Okay? And so, through a system of questions, and most of them are actually pretty straightforward and simple, we begin to unpack the issue from a level of respectful curiosity. So I'm not putting the teenager down. I'm not shouting him down. I'm not, you know, lecturing about how wrong he is, but I'm rather going to come at it and go, okay, so, so when you said this, where did you get that from? You know, it's usually an opening question, or it might be, oh, that's an interesting point of view. How did you arrive at that? Right? So internally, I might be making a judgment, but I'm not expressing that judgment at the person. What I'm going to be looking at is shifting that to the behavior. And so um, in Socratic dialogue, the first thing that are really striking to do is to clarify the thought or thoughts or the belief system um, and then begin to help You know, the teenager, the student, your child to critically explore and examine either the thought or the belief system. So it might be, so it's really interesting that you don't see that women can ever be equal to men. What makes you say that? What? How do you define equality? What is it that makes you think about equality in that sense? The other part that's you know really important in this context is to go to exploring where this comes from. So again, you know, so where did you hear this? And a lot of teenagers have gotten pretty coy about it, and so they might give you a really sort of fluffy answer. But stay with it and go, well, you know, is there someone that you have been listening to, either as a podcast or a vlog or, you know, whatever? Do you mind sharing that with me? Okay, one of the things that I find really, really useful in, in unpacking this and beginning to inoculate boys, you know, uh, with with a way of critically analysing things is by actually sitting down together with them and and watching a video. Uh, I've done that on numerous occasions with with the boys that I work with. Where I go, where did you get it from? Oh, the, okay. So this is on YouTube. How about you and I watch it together? And it, it, they're often really surprised because. A lot of them know where I'm coming from, and so initially they might be a bit sort of reluctant to do it. But when I invite them to sit with me and to actually address this, uh, it breaks some some of the tension between the two of us. The next bit that's really important to do is to look at the implications and the consequences of whatever it is that they've said or that's purported to as a belief. And then as a final step is to go, look, why don't we take a look at some alternatives? Now, in my case, that's generally relatively simple because I have a very clear model about patriarchy and how that influences men, you know, psychologically, but also socially and historically and so on, what what the consequences of that are. And, you know, in some instances, I've had fairly robust discussions with the boys that I'm working with, but they've always been generally fruitful. And interestingly enough, the majority of them, in fact, probably all of them, at some point will let go of the sort of stuff that they're hearing from, you know, people like Jordan Peterson or Andrew Tate. And I don't want to put those two in the same basket, but in a sense they've almost attached themselves to each other in a way. You know, the the idea that we should, you know, be monsters, I've got a serious problem with that. We've got enough monsters in the world. We don't want to sort of generate more of them. So, you know, in my experience using the Socratic dialogue in, in my work and, you know, in my personal life, is a very, very fruitful way of going about in a non-violent communication to understand the other person's view and perhaps to see whether there is a, a, a possibility of influencing the other person constructively to at least, at the very least, entertain an alternative. Now, um, I'd like to see peers do that with each other and if I had my way, part of this process should be introduced as to the teachers as a as a teaching strategy. And some teachers have got it naturally, and some teachers have have developed it through their studies, and especially philosophy. And this is where I come back to the idea that anyone who boohoo's philosophy needs to take a step back and really critically reflect on that attitude. So you know one of the things I want to point out to everybody though in, in who's listening and who's taking an interest in that, we also need to understand what Socratic dialogue is not. and that is that it's not a direct criticism or disagreement or discounting the other person's answer. It's not answering questions for the other person. It's also not pre-identifying a specific replacement or alternative thought for the client. I do want to develop that in this instance where the, the 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 teenager actually comes up with their own ideas about why what they've been hearing and thinking is a problem. Right? And so yes, there is some influence. I mean somewhere we've got to influence directly and you know, from a point of making a judgment about whether this is right or wrong. So by and large, uh, I'm trying to establish a platform where, you know, the teenager begins to problem solve. It's like using ethical dilemmas to help them understand the implications and the consequences of their decision making. You know, if you're grounded and then you sneak out, do not be surprised if you get grounded for some more time. Right? It sort of comes with the territory. And I know some teenagers are always surprised about, why are you getting on my case? Um, Well, because you were already uh, experiencing consequences about the first problem, then you broke the consequences, and now there's more consequences. It's sort of the laws of nature. So I hope that that approach, and please Check it out on uh, in, on some of the philosophical pages on the internet. Uh, there's some really good material around what the Socratic dialogue is and how it can be u- utilised both in parenting and in education. Um, and as I said, you know, to me, this is brilliant. Uh, it is a brilliant way of, 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 you know, not having a conflicted, heated argument that often leads nowhere other than two people feeling wounded, misunderstood, and, um, you know, more angry than what they were when they started off. So uh, if you have any feedback, if you're curious about any of this, please get in touch. I always welcome some feedback. So until next time, this is me signing off. Be the influence for positive change. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to Inspire Change, a broadcast that strives to educate, motivate, and empower men to challenge traditions of masculinity. For more information on the Making Good Men Great movement or for individual or group coaching sessions with Gunter, visit makinggoodmengreat.com. For inquiries regarding broadcast topics or appearing on the show, email miranda at noartainment.com. That's miranda at n-o-i-r-t-a-i-n-m-e-n-t.com.